hello, welcome again. My name is Laura White, your host of Your Money and Your Mindset. And like each week, as I promise you, I bring on board interesting guests with real life experiences uh, around money and how they got to be where they are, overcoming their own self imposed limitations about what they can earn, how much they're worth. And in doing so, making a mark on the world and their contribution, which goes beyond having money in the bank. It's also about having the uh, rich relationships and the health to go with it. So before I go on, let's welcome everybody. And that's Stickham Blog TV, Real Coaching Radio TV Network, Receiver Internet Radio, Radio Roku. Shoutcast for people with smartphones, the new media, radio and TV as our syndication channels. Now you realize this is a live interactive show, so please tweet in. Skype in, call in if you've got questions for my very special guest today, who is Camilla Mendoza. That name might be familiar because she was on the show last year and uh, made quite an impact. So we thought we'll get Camilla back on. So just in case, as a recap, now Camilla Mendoza is a performance coach. She specializes in helping people gain financial education mm. and independence so they can live life on their terms. Camilla was previously the president of a Manhattan-based PR firm, North American Precinct Syndicate, and she's also an accredited mortgage broker, so she knows what she's talking about. Now her clients are small to medium-sized business owners, corporate professionals, and fundamentally, anybody who just wants to get on with their life and get a better life, a bigger life, and have more in their life. So Camilla is currently in New York visiting some of her new clients. So hello, Camilla from the Big Apple. And uh, if you remember, if you're on the, you watched on the previous show, she said she wanted to take her message of financial mm -hmm. mastery to America. And by golly, she's made it happen. So welcome, Camilla. How are you? I'm very well, thanks, Loi. Lovely to be back on your show again. Thank you so much for having me. And here I am in the Big Apple. I told you I'd get here, and here I am, and it's absolutely wonderful. can't believe that it's actually happening. So, yeah, thank you. Oh, well, I can believe it because once you say you're going to do something, you go ahead and do it. So that comes as no surprise to me that you're <laughs> over in America. And basically, you're spreading, spreading the gospel, according to Camilla, which is... The fact that everyone has to be responsible for their own financial health. Is that right? Oh, darling, you know me. I'm absolutely passionate about helping people to become financially independent. And um, I run a workshop, as you know, in Australia, Money Mastery for Women. And I'm here, hopefully, you know, going to motivate and do the same thing here in America. I just want... Uh, everyone and especially women to become financially free and uh, it's a big it's a big uh, game that I'm out to play and um, and as well it's also something that I'm up for in my own life I set some goals for myself some time ago where I wanted to be able to work from anywhere in the world to coach from anywhere in the world and to run my workshops anywhere in the world so I'm two about a year and a half shy of 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 that uh, goal sequence, but uh, this is the next big step on the journey. So yeah, it's very exciting to be here and I'm uh, really, really grateful and feel very blessed uh, to be here and to be able to coach here. Okay, so basically you've got goals and I, I hear that word a lot from people who actually achieve things. They talk about their goals. Now we're going to go there a bit later, but before that, for people who don't know you, who've never seen you before, can you just tell us uh, very quickly in a nutshell, how you came to be doing what you're doing in terms of your own 
awakening, financial awakening, where, you know, the, the old saying, a man is not a financial plan. So when did you sort of like twig? <laughs> that? Uh, it was up to you. Well, to I make <laughs> Look, I made all the mistakes. You name it, I've made them. And, um, you know, coming into the latter half of my life at the moment, I uh, have definitely been reviewing um, life in a different way. Like many women of my generation, and uh, I'm just to, you know, over the 50s, put it that way. Yes. Uh, I grew up in a, in a household um, where money and the discussion of money, the importance of money was not at all talked about, especially not for me and um, and my mother told me actually at one point that it was unladylike to discuss money. So I grew up with a very limited uh, view of money, opinion of money. In other words, money did not rank highly on my list of values and it doesn't for many women. Women are basically nurturers. We, were, we have been genetically uh, geared, I suppose, to nurture first and foremost our children, our husbands, whoever else is around. Men have a much different concept of, of money and for me the awakening came when I well I got divorced I had a business that didn't uh, that you know wasn't very successful I very nearly went bankrupt I had to raise children on my own and it came to a point where I had suddenly had to go and have a look and think what on earth is going on here no matter how hard I worked what I planned what I did I seemed to constantly go backwards financially and um, so I went to work on myself I uh, did a lot of personal development work I looked at my values around money I realized that everything including the dog and the cat came before um, my, my how highly I actually valued money I knew I wanted money in my life in fact I came from a wealthy, fairly wealthy household, but it just wasn't high on my list of values. So I've turned that all around and I'm now out there helping women to do the same, which uh, feels great. Okay, you've just said it in a nutshell and encapsulated what would have been a lot of experiences would, which would have challenged you personally. I mean, you're going into an area, if let's say you have no idea how to balance your own checkbook, uh, to having looking at financial statements, your bank statements, and for a lot of people that's very overwhelming. So how did you um, step up, so to speak, and be able to look at it without panicking or going, you know, and starting to hyperventilate that it's okay, you can do this? Oh, look, I totally understand where you're coming from, Lawe, and so many women who attend the workshop uh, come to me and say, you know, I've just never been good at numbers or it's not my thing or I'm really scared or I leave that up to my husband or partner or whatever. And certainly I was one of those women. Um, I think what I have to say to you, Lawe, is that whether you look at checkbooks, whether you look at money, whether you do all the physical stuff, and I understand they are important, but what's much, much more important, and, and, and you will agree with this, is about the mindset. It's about changing the way you relate to something. And it's no good me trying to sit there and show you a financial statement and to try and explain to you how it all works if all the while in your mind you're going, I can't do this, this is all too hard, etc., etc. It's like anything in life, once you accept things, once you shift your perception of something, um, then 
information and things start to change in your world. And certainly for me, that was one of the biggest um, one of the biggest learnings that I've got. I grew up in a family with a belief, I suppose, that you couldn't be beautiful and gorgeous and a feminine woman and still um, be rich and powerful and have money. Um, like the two really didn't go hand in hand. That it was the male that made the money, and I was sort of the housemaker and the good little wife. And it wasn't until I really looked at some of those values and thought, well, hang on a second, it is okay for me to be beautiful and it is okay for me to be rich as well, that helped me to shift the pattern. You're laughing and, I, you know, please don't think that I'm bragging. I don't think I'm that beautiful. But just for myself to be able to allow myself to have both of those things and be equally okay with them was was really, really important. And then once you, once you change your mindset, once you decide that it's okay to have money discussions, to ask, to, to be okay with it, then the learning just comes and, and, you know, that just flows like anything. That's just a matter of sitting down and, you know, putting pen to paper and getting your head around stuff. Oh, yeah, is that, indeed. Is that Oh, definitely. So now for people out there in Stick and Blog TV and everybody else, if you have any questions along those lines and any of this, uh, what as Camilla has said resonates with you, uh, type in your questions and your comments. You know, like Camilla said, for her it was a case of you cannot be attractive, gorgeous, feminine and be very good with money. That was the sticking point for you or the self-limiting belief that's for, for Camilla. So just, you know, share with us what what, what were yours. Like um, you cannot be, um, I don't know, you, you cannot be lovable and, not, and, and be rich at the same time. Some people have that. Or you cannot be um, a spiritual person and have a lot of money. For some people, that's the hang-up, you know. So just share that because you're doing everybody else on the show a favor because you will probably be saying these sorts of um, statements that resonate with other people too, that is their truth at the moment. And it doesn't have to be, as Camilla said, it's all to do with a mindset shift, first and foremost. Mm -hmm. And also, as I, just to add to what you said, Camilla, it's overcoming that self-imposed limitations that you see in your clients, like, I am not good with money, I'm just... A housewife you know those sorts of statements that sell a person very short so do you think that working on a person's self-esteem is the first thing you have to do to get them past that point I think more than self-esteem Lorway I think the number one thing is funny because I'm giving a presentation tomorrow um, to a group of, of women here in New York and it's about your values. The values are key. The value is the things that drive you. They are the things that you put the highest importance on. And more than self-esteem, it's about learning and understanding where uh, money sits in your hierarchy of values that's got to change or that's got to be congruent with what it is you want. I laughed when you said that often spiritual people or the so-called, um, you know, people who are, believe that you can't be spiritual or you can't be free, etc. if you're tied up with a lot of money. Well, that's fine. But in my belief, you can do a whole lot more good in the world when you have money and especially when you've got your basic needs taken care of. And I'm not expounding massive wealth for some people. That's what they want. What I want to do is to help women become financially free so they don't have to stop 
so they don't have to worry about money anymore because when you're worrying about money, putting food on the table, etc., it's so limiting. You can't blossom and flourish and, and be out there and creative and do the things you really want to do when you're constantly worried whether you've got enough money in the bank to pay your bills and keep a roof over your head and food on the table. So changing the values, allowing money to be important in your life is what's really going to make the shift. I do a bit of work in the workshop on values and it's funny because when we get to the point and I say to them, you know, where was money on your list of values? And for most women, as I said, it comes below the dog and the cat, you know, feeding, they, it comes way down. And, and I've heard women say time and time again, oh, I wanted to put money up there higher, but I didn't think it was the right thing to do. So changing that perception, allowing ourselves to get out of that framework or that mindset that it's not okay to be a woman and to be rich or to be... Um, you know that you, you can't have it all um, that's what we need to change that's that's the first and foremost all the strategies and all the tips and things and how to make money there's enough people out there who'll tell you how to make money or what to do with your money when you finally got it what I'm really up for is helping to change women's mindset so that it is okay for them to have money because that's what's missing or that's what I believe is missing yeah, I, I agree. And not only that, when you are sitting around the dinner table with a frown on your head, uh, on, on, your, on your face saying that, you know, there's not enough to go around, you are actually transmitting a message to your children about money yeah. and that there is a, a very negative or uncomfortable association between money and their sense of personal happiness or the relationships they have in the house, the primary relationships with their parents. Yeah. It's a case like if the parents fight about money and, and the kids hear about it or they see it, they're going to pick up on it and, and have a very negative connotation. So the other thing I would say is that uh, women have to show the way that it's okay to be able to read a stock report and be proud of the fact that they can and to know that they can go out there and get the information and get the education and it's it's a case of being self-empowered isn't it absolutely absolutely and no need to tell you Laura, with the divorce rate the way it's going at the moment most divorces or most arguments uh, if you like in marriages occur because of money either there's too little of it or you know that's usually why why things break down in relationships and the statistics for women, it's absolutely frightening um, of the women retirees. Um, if you can think about it, we're coming now, the baby boomers are starting to retire and the, if you, you know, they're, they're becoming the largest socio-demographic in the world today, um, certainly in the Western world. And as they move forward now over the next 20 years, many of them are going to be retiring. And in Australia, that many of them are going to, there's going to be what the, a new level of poverty. And it is going to be these women retirees retiring on less. In Australia, it's less than 30,000 a year. And in America, it's even worse. It's less than 10,000 a year. And that is because a lot of them are single. How many 50-year-old plus single divorced women do you know? And also because women outlive men uh, longer. So there's this massive, massive uh, genre of women that are coming through. And I know government in Australia is certainly very worried about it. They're starting to put a lot of pressure on, on banks and, and institutions to help and encourage women to get a handle on this stuff. I think the younger generations have got a much better um, association or relationship with money, certainly much better than uh, a lot of our generation or my generation. Um, so it's really a matter now of getting in and helping 
some of these women who grew up in possibly a two-income, two-parent household where they were home looking after the kids, the husbands went out to work, helping them to change those mindsets. So yeah, it's really important that we get we get a handle on this and we start to have conversations about it because that's where it starts. And most women do not like to talk about money. Men will get into a room and that's all that, that's all they'll talk about. Whereas women will talk about anything but. And um, as I said, my Money Mastery for Women workshop is about getting women together in a room and saying to them, "Come on, for two days we are going to sit down and discuss money from A to Z, and let's let's look at your relationship to it." Okay, yeah, rather than put the, you know, bury your head in the sand like the ostrich, because I came across this very interesting statistic that said in America, in the 1930s, Social Security was put together to help people less fortunate as they retired, or retirees, and there were like 40 people to working to one retiree. And now, fast forward to today, the ratio is like three people to one yeah. retiree. So that's a scary statistic that says that there are fewer and fewer people available who are working mm -hmm. to support the social security system. And well, like you say, the, the demographic for the uh, baby boomers, it's starting to climb and they're living longer. So you would be, I think, foolish, and I'm saying this not lightly, for anybody out there to think that there will be that sort of safety net for you when you retire. You know, I believe in being proactive and taking the uh, course of action that says, let me educate myself about it and let me look after my own financial future, not somebody else. And that is the mindset you have for a lot of women who turn up, don't you? That they think somebody's going to look after things, yeah, it's going to be absolutely. all right. And, and, you know, they're saying now in Australia that women are going to have to work until they're 75 in order to put, have enough stashed away. And even then, we all look at our super, you know, super accounts and uh, uh, whatever they're called here in America and, and it's just not enough. Case, so, I think so, it's called. 401k, that's exactly, sorry, it just slipped my mind. But, but it's just not enough. And if you think that the government's going to support you for the rest of your days, that, that's just an absolute pipe dream. It's not going to happen. And the quicker that, that women get onto the fact and start managing um, what we call active investing rather than passive investing. Passive investing kind of means that you stick it in the hands of a stockbroker or you stick it in the hands of a super account or a, you know, and let someone else take care of it for you. I'm not saying that you have to actually buy and sell shares yourself. But I'm talking about taking an active role in what is happening with your money. And as you uh, probably well know, Loy, money is an energy. Money actually doesn't exist. It is a form of exchange. And the more you nurture it, it's like a tree. The more you nurture it and watch it and, and, and uh, feed it and water it, the more it is going to grow and prosper. If you stick it into a bank account or you stick it into a, a super account or something like that and just expect it all just to, to happen, um, it's like sticking a plant into a room and not giving it any nourishment. It is not going to grow. Money needs to be, you need to be focused on money. You need to put it into your list of values so that you take care of it and nurture it. And that is what's going to help women to start to finance their future because it certainly is not going to happen. You know, we can, the governments have just, they just can't afford it. Certainly not here in America or in Australia, that's for sure. Wow, that's, that's very sobering. Um a fact to, to have to take in at this this time. Um, however, I guess if you don't, um, it's going to come and bite you on the bum. So I, what I like to ask you now is, can you talk about some 
test cases or, or uh, basically case studies of your clients, no names mentioned, and how you've managed to get them from being, I don't want to know, or it's all too hard, uh, my head's going to hurt, to now they're in charge of their own money, they're more empowered, they call the shots, and they start almost as though it's a transformation from a little caterpillar to a magnificent butterfly. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay, so where do we start? Let me just give you an, a, a number of women who come to my workshop are feeling disempowered often because their um, their their partners or their husbands have been taking care of the family finances. So although most women handle the day to day, you know, in and out of of the finances primarily because they're the spenders, right? They're the ones who go to the shops and and, and you know pay the bills and that sort of thing. So in a lot of ways, women are very good with the family finances, but the deep fundamental uh, big decisions made by um, made on the, for the family are usually done by the men. As a broker, I often found, you know, when you have applicant one and applicant two and, and, and I would go into a household and the woman would I'd say, you know, uh, we're going to write this loan out and they go, oh, no, 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 put my husband as applicant number one. You know, he's the one who handles the money. And, and it's just this sort of this thing that happens where the women kind of defers to the men. Now often, um, and, and don't get me wrong here, but sometimes the women will come to me and say, well, how after 30 years of marriage when my husband has been taking care of everything and, and perhaps he's getting a bit old or she's worried about his health or whatever, she wants to come in and start to have a look at the finances, but she doesn't quite know how to approach that. Uh, she, you know, he may suddenly think, my God, why is suddenly my wife starting to, you know, wonder about money? Is she about to top me off or is she about to run off with the gardener or something so um there's a there's very, <laughs> it happens don't laugh and it, it's very you know you can imagine a 55 60 year old woman or someone of you know who's had their husband take care of them all the time to suddenly come in and start asking well you know what what sort of a mortgage do we have and where's our money kept and all of that sort of thing and unfortunately um just to digress a bit here what happens to so many women as i've seen is that you know, they think they're safe and secure and they think they're comfortable or whatever and, and, and situations happen, perhaps their partner dies or they get divorced and when they actually go in to have a look at what's really going on, um, many of them find they're not nearly as financially secure as they thought. So one of the things that we like to do is to teach women a strategy on how to go in and, and get that information out of your husband without, or the, or the person who's been managing the finances without alerting them and making them feel like you're about to run off with someone else, um, is to start with a spending diary. So, um, you know, husbands love the idea that you're monitoring your spending. And I use husbands here very genuinely in terms, of course, you know, whatever your partner is, let's call partner then. Um, they love to know, they love to think, oh, my wife or my partner is actually getting a handle on her spending. So we do a spending diary for a month. That's also a really good thing to do to see exactly where you spend your money. Um, and you'd be very surprised at how much actually goes out the door that you don't realize. And then after a month, um, we then when I'm coaching someone through this, I then um, get them to do what I call a statement of expenditure, which is a really nitty-gritty of exactly where their money goes. And on that statement of expenditure is um, questions that they have to ask about interest rates and how much their mortgage is and where their investment properties are and what sort of rates they're paying and what banks they're paying and that sort of thing. So the husband kind of gets warmed up with his spending diary and thinks really great that every now his wife's getting a handle on the spending and then you come in and go okay my love well now it's time 
time that help me fill out some of this um, this statement of expenditure. And the husband said, or the partner usually takes a big gulp and goes, oh, okay. And um, so that's a very good strategy to um, to get the information that you need, um, really the nuts and bolts of it, because that's the secret. It's not okay to say, oh, we've got a mortgage or, oh, we've got, you know, investment properties or, oh, we've got shares. I it's really important to know where your shares are. What are the dividends? Are they working for you? Where your investment properties are? What's the negative gearing value? How much are you making? Are you running at a loss? What interest rates you're paying? Even something as simple as a as a car loan. You know, I've known clients of mine who've actually been overpaying, like they've paid off their loan and they're still paying it because they haven't actually tweaked that the the loan term is over. And in some instances, certainly, um, that if you don't write to them and say, I know, you know, that the term is over, uh, you know, you keep paying. And so it's really about taking responsibility and uh, helping clients through some of these things um, can be very, very profound for them uh, and very empowering for them, you know, to know that, okay, well, my car's about to, you know, I'll own my car in two months' time rather than, oh, I've still got a loan on it. Do you know, does that make sense? Oh, yes. This is, this is basically housekeeping uh, in terms of getting in touch with your finances. I mean, people do that. I know I know some people get get a bit anal and, and they step on the scales every day to see how, you know, how much they weigh. They monitor their weight because they're into the fitness aspect. But yet, the money aspect, it's like, oh, whatever, like you say, it's just a wave of the hand and it'll take care of itself. Uh, I mean, you cannot, you cannot have that sort of attitude and think that you're going to come out the other end with enough money to spend because you're going to outlive your money. No, absolutely. Until you start becoming an active and participant in your money and start to really monitor. And I'm not saying there's also something, um, when I say negative, I don't mean that, but it's something that's, that's not good about being too anal about it, if you like, as well, and, and, and you know, pinching every penny and, and being too um, tight-fisted with it because money's an energy and it needs to flow. So you need to watch it coming in and going out. You need to be aware of it growing. You need to, you know, trim it back like a tree when, it, when it's starting to get a bit overgrown. You need to feed it when it's looking a bit stunted and stopped. So it's very much about really nurturing it and making sure that you know exactly what's going on. And as soon as an aphid or or something lands on your money or your money tree, you're aware of it so that you can pick it off immediately before it comes to the caterpillar and starts chewing up all your leaves. So it really is about changing your focus, yeah. making it highly yeah. on your list of values so you start to concentrate on it more. And, you know, for women, so many women, I've had women who've been completely disempowered. Um, you know, they've started the coaching program with me and we've worked through step by step some of these strategies, you know, this simple one that I just showed then. And you find that once you start to get empowered by this, it's like a drug and it becomes much, you know, you get really excited and, you know, um, valuing money above things is something else that I'm, I'm a big, um, I'm a big uh, believer on. If I was to um, take you into my home and say, Laura, come in here, come in here, I've got something to show you. And there in the middle of the floor was a pile of, you know, 10, $20,000, $100,000 notes. I'm going, wow, isn't that cool? Look at this, look at this. Uh, you know, you would think that I was completely rude and crass and like, what, what is this? And yet if I was to bring you into my home and say, Lorway, come and look at my home and, and there's $100,000 worth of renovations, new sofas, new curtains, new this, new that, 
you wouldn't think anything of it. So what we have to do is shift our perception and and be okay with having, you know, lumps of money and valuing that and, and, and not having to feel that uh, we have to buy things, that it's okay to choose money over things. And that's another very important strategy. And once women start to do that and start to think, oh, do I really need another pair of shoes when they've already got 400 in their closets that they never wear anyway, the shift starts to happen and it becomes a game. It, it becomes a really fun game. And um, as a coach, you just keep setting, you know, accountability goals and targets and strategies and, you know, hold your clients to account. And um, so many of them, they once they start switching and start choosing money over things and to look after their money, their whole life and their prosperity, uh, you know, changes almost in an instant, really. It, it's amazing. It's mm. amazing how that's great because, okay, for you people out there in Stick and Blog TV, Real Coaching Radio TV, and the rest of you in Shoutcast, and you're watching and listening to this, this is a great time to tweet in or Skype in your messages to, to Camilla to ask her. I mean, she's on, she's on tap right now for the next <laughs> half an hour, and she can give you some pretty, uh, not financial advice, but broad information of how you can get your finances in order because... Like I say again, you know, nobody's going to care more about your money than you, or you should be the one anyway. Um, and on that note, I just want to ask you in terms of the shift you were talking about in the mindset. A lot of people have a fear, this is a four-letter word, of debt. And that we know, for people who do know, it is like there's good debt and there's bad debt, correct? Mm -hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. So it depends, you know. Um, it depends and and as I said, I'm not a financial advisor and I don't give you financial advice. People come to me and they say, I've got a credit card and credit cards are great actually. Credit cards, um, if you use them wisely and carefully, they can be actually a really good uh, way to, to monitor, first of all, monitor your spending and secondly, if you're using the bank's money for a whole month and then pay it off at the end of the month, you're actually keeping your own money, earning interest on your own money. So, so that's another conversation. But if you are using, I had, in fact, somebody today, it was a young girl that, that, I'm, that I met here today, was doing some coaching with. She said to me, you know, I've got this debt. I, I went and did a, a university course and I put it on my credit card and I'm very, I really want to pay it off and, 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 you know, it really bothers me. And I said, well, yes and no. I said, 